hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 73 for the week of January 20th, 2020. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about the avalanche of news from the last couple of days. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's good. I am tired but happy. And apparently, I missed a lot that happened today uh, while finishing up stuff at MIT. Yeah, I don't know why today just... I, yeah, like why yeah. today? I, I mean, it, it is a day off here in the States, but uh, that doesn't give license to, for like all of the news to happen. Like I had laundry and stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was just so much going on. I, I guess we should just dive right into it. Uh, Fully agreed. Let's do it. Yeah. So the first item on the list today, they have named the new executive supervisor for Eurovision and Junior Eurovision, and it's Mark. Martin Oosterdahl. He is from Sweden. Uh, he worked with uh, Sweden's broadcaster for a handful of years. Uh, he was uh, in charge of their hosting presentation in 2013 and 2016. Uh, and he's also been a member of the EBU reference group from 2012 to 2018. So has a lot of experience with Eurovision and working with uh, Jano Lassand, uh, whose whose job he will be taking. Not too much other information about him, uh, like in terms of resume, has been like, revealed or announced or anything like that. So did a little digging on his LinkedIn and saw that he is an author and found uh, some of his books on Amazon. And they're kind of of the special ops something something thriller. I don't know. It's a genre I'm not particularly familiar Just with. kind of like a Jack Ryan vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But apparently, like, they're very successful and have been translated into about a dozen languages. The ones that are in English uh, that are available, uh, this is the Max Anger series. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course it is. Yeah. The uh, two titles that they have available uh, for only a couple of bucks on your Kindle, uh, Ask No Mercy and my favorite title, Ten Swedes Must Die, <laughs> which I'm sure the books are fine. Uh, I just thought that that was like a kind of cute element uh, to add mm-hmm. into uh, all of this. So congratulations. He, uh, he will be uh, taking over the role. Uh, they they keep reporting it like as soon as the grand final is over, like as soon as the confetti button is hit, it is then uh, Martin's show uh, to run from that point on. So yep. uh, congratulations to him. Jan Olasand will still be around. Jan Olasand is, is not going away. He still will be here for 2020. He's just sort of looking very happily towards retirement. Uh, possibly just because he doesn't have to do interviews like the one that he had last week, mm-hmm. where I forget if it was like a talk show or something, but he was asked some questions about if America will ever participate in the contest. He essentially vamped for time. Like he mentioned that the, that they are developing America Vision or whatever we call that when it actually happens. Mm-hmm. If it actually happens. Uh, if it actually <laughs> happens. Look, Mike, it's still in development. It's still in, it's still in mm-hmm. active development, like 30,000 other projects in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. It yeah. could happen any, at any second. Yeah. I, I know how turnaround works. <laughs> he, he's just like, I, I do appreciate it. He's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. And if that goes well, then we'll maybe consider possibly down the line that it could join Eurovision. <sighs> yeah, which, which is about what I would say, too, is like, OK, like, let's let's do step one. Let's do step one and see if step one works before we get to well, letting us in. I mean, but the thing is, like, 
the, the way that I've just been kind of conceptualizing it is it would be like me saying like, I might invite Barack Obama to my birthday party. I haven't decided yet, but if, if I'm interested in doing that and if he happens to be available, then sure, Barack can come to my birthday party. And it's just like, nobody asked for this. Who is nobody, asking for nobody, this? Because yeah. <laughs> uh, like uh, a couple of the forums that I'm on on Facebook for uh, Eurovision stuff, like, Nobody's excited about it. I mean, people are still Nobody wants like, this. <laughs> yeah, like people are still kind of grumbling about Australia participating, and like Australia at least has an interest in Eurovision, has an interest like, in a fan base for this, right? Right, and they have put in the time and the effort in Eurovision. Whereas, like United States, I understand that it was like trying to fill time for an interview, but any time that. Eurovision comes up and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of Eurovision. Like the question is just like, oh, do you think the U.S. should participate? And my answer is almost always no. We oh like, yeah, just like an an immediate no. Yeah, because like we, we don't, don't have, have to, to be involved everywhere. in everything. Yeah, and we will not do well at Eurovision. <laughs> and we like, will not one. We will not do well. Two. We will be very mad about it, and yeah. then we will stomp off in a huff. Yeah, yeah. So it's just there's. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> in summation ugh. i don't even know why i'm getting so worked up about it since like the, there are so many carts that we have to get the horse in front of before that happens yes. but there are so many uh, dominoes that need to drop before this one falls mm-hmm. uh internet is grumbling i am grumbling with the internet all as well so <laughs> coming yeah and just like coming to a screen near you immediately after asia vision yes yeah <laughs> yeah where's that cart and horse come on we keep we keep kicking that ball down the road yeah we'll see i guess getting back to this year's eurovision uh we could we could talk about an actual countries event that, are, that will be happening yeah an actual event that will be happening with countries that actually want to participate and are actively doing the thing they're actually doing all the things to pick their entry france has definitively decided they're not going to do destination eurovision or some other viewable selection process this year it has just gone ahead and selected tom lieb he is 30 he is a singer actor and comedian he's like a, a less raspy kind of country tinged john mayer which is an interesting descriptor to me uh and he opened for sting at a couple of dates in france last fall and i think france did a very good job of picking the human equivalent of the Chris Evans' sweater from Knives Out. He, he is a very handsome individual. <laughs> so, like, I know the theme this year is boys. But, yeah, Fran- France So did, many boys this year. Yeah, uh, but uh, Fran- France, uh, thumbs up. So... <laughs> 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 he sounds fine. I, I listened to one of his songs, but it's just like, oh, yeah, it's very, just very sweater. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, my brain also just went sweater. North Macedonia also announced that they're doing an internal selection, which is no big surprise. They've been doing that uh, for the last few years. And they have announced Vasil Garvandliev uh, as their singer. Uh, he is 33 and a classically trained baritone. Uh, he sang backup for uh, Tamara last year. Uh, so he definitely has experience on the Eurovision stage. And uh, he competed in Skopje Fest uh, back in 2007 to try to represent what was then uh, former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Supposedly, that may have been where he met Tamara because she also competed in that event. 
And uh, the interesting thing about uh, Vassal is uh, he used to be based in Chicago, and I happened to land on his Facebook page, and it's a friend of a friend situation, which was totally unexpected. So we are two degrees away from the Eurovision stage, Ben. (laughs) It's happening. It's finally happening. Uh, And no word yet on what uh, his song is going to be, but it's interesting to note that this will be North Macedonia's 20th participation at the contest. So number that ends in zero, get hype. So, yep. (laughs) And once again, so many boys. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remaining Eurovision Nation send a lady challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bulgaria's cornered the market on that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing, Bulgaria. All right. Keep it. So much other selection-related stuff in the last week. A lot of songs dropped, a lot of selection process updates. Uh, Portugal has released all 16 songs that'll be competing in Festival de Cansao. All of them are on Spotify in a convenient album format, uh, which is really nice. Festival doesn't kick off until uh, middle of February, but you can start getting really analytical with Portugal at your leisure. So... (laughs) Alternately, if that Spotify album is not doing it for you, Iceland has also released their album of this year's Song of the Captain competitors. All 10 entries have been released. Six of them have English versions as well, which I kind of love because Song of the Captain does does a thing where they make all of their participants do their first round in Icelandic and do the second round in the way it will eventually be performed, whether that will be in English or Icelandic. So it's really cool to me that they are that we're seeing more artists stick with no we're just going to do icelandic we can mm-hmm. do an icelandic song it will do fine and then a weird note is that apparently netflix is sponsoring iceland's participation this year and i guess part of that makes sense just because the main characters in the eurovision movie that will ferrell is doing are icelandic and it at least the article i read was tying it to netflix wanting to get a bigger foothold in iceland but it's still just very strange to me is it just like a we're sorry that we have to cut all the pit, all of the bits of your entry that we shot in Tel Aviv out of our movie because our characters are going to be the Icelandic entry mm. or we're just like what's going on there because that's just real strange. Yeah, I mean it's interesting from like the business standpoint just because I have to imagine the streaming market is going to be very strong in a place like Iceland, where you're going to be indoors for a good chunk of the year. So, like, if you have those eyeballs, might as well get them. But yeah, like, I, it, it didn't seem like as explicit that it was a tie-in with the Eurovision movie. But I'm curious to see what develops from this and yes. like what, what the yeah. end Meanwhile, game I will be over here. here with my with my cork board, uh, yep. pinning various pictures and tying them together with red string. Excellent. <laughs> uh, other 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 news from Iceland this week. Uh, Keino will be performing at the final, which the Song of Cabinet final has a long tradition of having performers from other nations from the previous year perform. Like they've had Eleni Ferreira. They had Roman Bengström a few years ago. So Keino just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then elsewhere, uh, Hatari released their album Nesutrans last Friday. And it's Ooh. very good. Yeah, pick that up. Excellent. 
Czech Republic has finally dropped the songs for this year's process. It delayed a couple of weeks, I think, with the changeover from uh, being a televised show to just being fully online again. And yeah, voting is open uh, for all seven entries, and that can be done through the Eurovision app. Uh, which means that anybody can vote on it, regardless of if you're in Czech Republic or not. If you are in the Czech Republic, that will count towards the public vote uh, part of the final scoring mechanism. Uh, That'll be 50% of the overall score. And any votes that are outside of the Czech Republic will count towards the international juror score. Uh, They're doing another jury of Eurovision alumni uh, like they did in the last couple of years. And each of those participants will give their scores. There'll be this international online vote score They'll all get combined, and that'll be the other 50% of the total score. Uh, And if there happens to be a tie at the end, it's going to be the domestic online vote that will break that tie. Ben, have you had a chance to listen to any of the songs? I know they just dropped today as we recorded. I have not. That is my to-do after we get done recording. Uh, I do like hearing that, that they have planned for a tiebreaker, and the voice of the tiebreaker is with the people. Yeah, some of the songs are on Spotify. I think they're just going to be kind of trickling in uh, this week. But uh, all of the songs are available on YouTube or if uh, you go into the Eurovision app for the Czech selection, uh, you can see the videos uh, for all of the songs. Voting is open for, I think it's two weeks, and then uh, we'll find out uh, who will be representing Czech Republic once that closes. So it's a pretty good selection. It's a pretty good field this year. I feel like they like the Czech Republic in particular has gotten very good with this with their with their selection process. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like, even though a TV process would have been fun, I I really like the way that they're embracing technology and like mm-hmm. I think other countries might want to consider doing a process like this, particularly tying it in with the Eurovision app. Like yeah, like there's really no other use for the app like 51 weeks of the year, so. Well, and just thinking about who they've sent based on this, like Miklos Yosef, have you listened to any of his other stuff that came out in the last year? It's fantastic. He's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Denmark is also doing their pre-selection, which that feels like a new thing for me. Either that or I just had not been paying attention to it. Yeah, it feels where... like they've been tweaking their process the last yeah, they, yeah, years. Yeah, like a lot of yeah, because Norway tweaked their process this year. Denmark is doing something kind of similar, although less televised. Mm-hmm where five entries have already auto-qualified to the final. Those are yet to be announced. Uh, Nine songs will also be competing in a radio-based contest for the three wildcard spots. They are in three groups of three, with each of those groups getting extra radio airplay in their designated region of South, East, and North. All the songs are on the DR website. They are not not available on U.S. Spotify yet, so I'm going to have to click over there. Uh, but the voting on DR website this week will determine the three winners for each of those regions. So they're doing kind of a, a very truncated version of what Norway's doing. Song quality is good there, too. Like, it, it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of countries are stepping up their game this year, which is really yeah. nice. So, so much has dropped just today. Uh, Ukraine announced their uh, acts for this year's Vidber. And yeah, uh, songs haven't been made available yet, but uh, just looking at the bios of uh, the contestants, a lot of X Factor alumni, a lot of alumni from The Voice of Ukraine. And uh, surprisingly, there's only one act that has previously competed in Vidber. I don't know if that's just a change in how they're selecting acts this year, or if all of the shenanigans from last year just kind of made people not want to 
even I mean, bother I was, this year? I was, bring, I was going to bring that up just because, <laughs> I mean, if I, like, because last year there was a whole thing, we, we had the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then this year, it's just like, well, they were putting a restriction of, well, we want to make sure that we don't have the controversy this year, so no one who's performed in this territory can can officially win, so that would have disqualified a lot of their previous participants. It's going to be the same format that they've used the last couple of years, where it's uh, two semifinals and a final, and probably a lot of self-induced controversy, but that's why we <laughs> love it. Yeah, but on the other hand, this year they will not have Jamala on the panel, which means that nobody... Well, I was about to say that means that nobody will be asked, Crimea is Ukraine, but you never know, it's Vidbir. Yeah, uh, I mean, like uh, the guy who plays Verka, he raked Jamala over the coals in 2016 about like the art direction of her performance and it was uncomfortable to watch but at the same time it was like just this it was the level of critique where it's just like no these are the changes you need to make so you will be successful at Eurovision and um and look where it that worked. went yes <laughs> it did it did work yes uh but uh, Tina Carroll who represented uh Ukraine in 2006 uh she's going to be taking over Jamala's seat so uh there'll still be that uh extra bit of Eurovision alumni uh on the panel so excellent and then uh just under the wire and announcing this at like what had to have been midnight their time which go to bed mm-hmm. uh Moldova <laughs> Moldova has finally announced the details of their selection I feel like they just had like the the entry window close mm-hmm. and anyways regardless of how much time they've taken to do an evaluation 35 acts have submitted 36 songs and they will all be taking part in a live audition at some point on the plus side, we have, have some alumni in the mix, uh, including Pasha Parfany, their entry in 2012, which excites yes. me immensely. Oh, I love that uh, performance. Elsewhere, we have uh, Geta Burlaku, their entry from 2008, which I remember that entry pretty fondly. Mm. And Natalia Gordienko from 2006, who I do not recall at all. The press release slash announcement was just kind of kind of open-ended, just because it was like, well, we're going to do a live audition process for all 35 acts and their songs. And then at some point we will decide if there's a, if we're going to do a second round of things and what that looks like. <laughs> and I don't believe it mentioned when the live auditions are happening. It was just the list of the artists and their songs. And uh, that, that's all we have to go on right now. But yeah, it's just adding to the pile, which is already very high. Like <laughs> we had like what? 20 songs last week. And now we're up to like 150. <laughs> Coming up this week, uh, Finland is going to start announcing their artists. Uh, the way they're doing it this year, uh, UMK, rather than uh, what they've done the last couple of years where they have one artist and three songs to choose from, they're going back to having multiple artists and yeah, having a national final uh, amongst them. And they're going to be revealing one per day uh, this week. Something to look forward to every day at a steady trickle instead of 36 coming down at once. So <laughs> instead, instead of a fire hose stream of of so much stuff. Elsewhere, Norway continues its expanded selection process with the third week of its semifinals, which that appears to be doing well cuz mm-hmm. like the Heat 1 had 592,000 viewers, which is approximately 44% of the Norwegian viewing audience. So that's not bad. That's crazy good like yeah if anything had 44 percent of the u uh of the viewing audience audience in the u.s like that would be bonkers that's that's like seinfeld in the 90s type numbers (laughs) numbers. 
so I was absent this weekend from watching Heat Tube. I did go back and and check out some performances, and it sounds like there was just a lot of a lot of emoji happening. It was not a good selection, I've got to say. <laughs> Part of it was tricky because they did the whole like bingo ball allocation for the bracket uh, for the semifinal, and the two good songs I'm going to say, or at least the two like most relevant songs, got paired up in the second battle. So the first battle, it was really a case of, well, one of these is going to win. And Well, I guess. Yeah. And the audience was also kind of in that train because they did the graphics of the confetti cannon of emoji. And both of those songs, there was a lot of the emoji of dismay in the mix. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like a lot of yellow. The two that, that were like the, the favorites and were immediately against one another in the first round... Uh, I watched all the way through, and I watched one of the other ones and stopped it about a minute in, because this is enough for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the second battle was between Jaeger and uh, Ray and Alexander. And yeah, the Jaeger performance was interesting. Um, Yes. And and I I, I don't mean that in like a a dismissive way. Like it it was the first performance in this whole selection process that forced me to pay attention. That was the one I, I immediately went back to once I got home today just to just be like okay i want to see how i want to see what this finally looked like uh, and i have to say i was not expecting the billy eilishification of eurovision until at least 2021 mm-hmm. and i thought that the performance was a little underbaked but it was still very strong yeah that that was a thing where it, it felt like it was the first of performance that was actually built for television and she was doing a lot of stuff with like augmented reality graphics and stuff and and the graphics weren't as crisp as they needed to be. Like, I, th- I think back to, like, Dami Eames' performance uh, in 2016 and, like, the way that they used graphics on that one. I, I, it was kind of the same effect that they were going for. And it wasn't popping on this one. Like, there was just too much happening on the screen. It felt like the audience was completely dead in that performance and, like, mm-hmm. just not responding to what was going on at all. Yeah. Okay, and how was the auto qualifier this week? The auto qualifier this week was uh, Diedrich and Emil. Uh, Diedrich uh, represented Norway back in 2010, and uh, their song is called Out of Air. And I, yeah, oh. <laughs> I like I, I really liked I really liked Diedrich in, in 2010, but like this song just felt so. Like the way that I described it on Twitter was it had like Jedward energy. But mm-hmm. none of the Jedward personality to like carry it through. Like it, it, it just, I, I, yeah. Like they were both wearing these blue suits and like they're brothers, but it was like a love song they were singing to each other, which was really <laughs> strange. And then there were like, like these little kids that came out and it was dancing on stage in front of childhood photos. So it was just like, is this like a reimagining of wah or like what? What is going on here? I mean, I, I did go back and watch that one specifically because of your, this has real Jedward energy tweet. Uh-huh. I have to, I have to agree. It's just like, what if Jedward, but with none of the stuff that made that exciting and watchable? Yeah. Like, like their hair had no altitude whatsoever. And like, if you're, <laughs> like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do the brother song, you have to commit to the bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. And, and for, there was a, it was reminding me of another song, and I could not put my finger on what it was. Did it remind you of anything? 
I, I have to say that kind of just passed from my head immediately after watching the video. I mean, that's fair. Like, I mean, it, it's not a memorable song in that regard. I mean, I guess it, it did kind of remind me of like the UK's 2016 entry, which had sort of the same like Jedward energy sans personality problem. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like it, it feels like that one got in as an auto qualifier because it's a Eurovision alum. Just, just as a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I would have rather seen either Jaeger or what one get that auto qualifier and, and ha- force this to have to go through uh, the, the emoji confetti cannon to see what people think. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see the confetti cannon in the grand final, but yeah, like it, it's, I, I am excited about uh, Rain Alexander's one last time, though. Uh, it was uh, very reminiscent of the Vikings from two years ago, and yes. th- it was another performance where like I was paying attention, but paying attention more than with Jaeger, where it's like there, there was not really that much emoji of dismay with this performance. Like it was yeah. a very strong vocal. The backing dancers need some work. Uh, I, I didn't feel like they were all giving a hundred percent and there were more than six people on stage. So if this wins, one of you is getting cut uh, before Ryan someone now. will get so, cut. Yeah. So, <laughs> so pick it up. This is Steve. where you pay in sweat. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like that was, no, like that one, was that one felt like a fully figured out Eurovision performance at yes. this point, which is nice to see. Yes. And kind of different. I, th- I think it's just the fact that, like, Rain Alexander is an older gentleman and definitely not of the, like, boys archetype that uh, this year's Eurovision <laughs> is shaping up to be. So yeah. he he has a definite point of distinction right now. So uh, it, it's just going to yeah, be like him if, and Victoria from Bulgaria. And, like, yeah, like, if this year's, yeah, if this year's Eurovision is just going to be dudes... Mm. At least there's some diversity in the type of dudes. Right. Yes. Yes. So, uh, although, like, he he also had a beard, but it was, like, a very bushy beard. There was stuff braided in it. There were beads. It was... <laughs> yeah, like, it felt, it felt, like, the thing that keeps coming to my brain is that it felt slightly King Lear. Hmm. Interesting. hmm Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, I mean, that that is the first performance of the Norwegian selection where it's just like, oh, I think this could go the distance and that is of the 10 songs that we've seen so far uh four more dropped on monday and then we'll also get uh, akuvi's psalm du air on friday so uh who knows maybe perhaps there's this is like a slow build to mm-hmm. like awesomeness and like week five is just gonna be like a full set of bangers and be like why are these in competition with one another <laughs> they should have been yeah. spread out <laughs> across is, the five weeks. this is mean that you should have spread these out yes yes so how was Lithuania this week? Was there anything as as catchy? Ke- mm. <laughs> See, that's well, a difficult ca- catchy question. slash slash memorable. Well, th- that's a thing. I mean, it, it there were uh, Tusum, who has been kind of a mainstay in the Lithuania marathon process the last few years. Uh, their entry for this year's contest called Playa, where the hook is. I'm a Lithuanian basketball player, just repeated. That one seemed to win Twitter. It did not win the jury at all in Lithuania and you really need to have some form of jury support uh even if you get like a perfect score from the home audience uh if you're going to mm-hmm. make it through the process and unfortunately they got cut um but yeah this was another week where i was 
very pleasantly surprised by what Lithuania had to offer. And it, and it was another case of there were some songs that didn't make the cut. And I was just like, oh, I'm really sad about that one. W- one of my favorites was A Broken Leg uh, and her song Electric Boy. And uh, she was the one who was wearing the QR code dress. Uh, if you s- happen to see any QR code jokes on Twitter. Uh- <laughs> I, I, I saw plenty of those. And as someone who normally sees those in a puzzle context, immediately disregarded them. But please explain. Yeah, so QR code, uh, if you're not familiar, that those are like those kind of squarish barcode things where if you scan it with your phone, it'll take you to a website or like just do something automatically. And yeah, her dress just had this pattern on it that made it look like she was wearing a QR code. And I kind of wanted to hold my phone up to the screen to see what would happen if it got scanned. But her song was just kind of like punk pop and... I really liked it, but um, yeah, it just didn't really click with the audience, unfortunately, so uh, that did not get through. Uh, the one that really clicked with me, uh, like, to the point where I think it it's a real contender, uh, was Monique's Make Me Human. It was just, like, a really strong vocal and just felt very, very current and very outside of the process if that makes sense where like you know what you uh there are just some songs in like a selection process where it's just like oh this is just standing out based on quality and it's just so distinct from the rest of the field but in a good way mm-hmm. and yeah that that was my takeaway from that one i am very hopeful that she does well uh she finished uh towards the top uh for with both the jury and the audience vote so I think she stands a really good shot of at least making it to the final, uh, if not all the way. So that that's what I'm rooting for right now. Cool. There was one fun thing that uh, happened at, at the end of the process. So like I'm streaming this on the LRT website and yeah, I was a little slow to unhook my computer and all of that uh, for my TV and a movie started playing and it was just like, oh, it's Uncle Buck. I've never seen this movie. And it's like, I wonder like if it's just going to cut off like just for geo blocking purposes or what have you. But no, like it, it was playing through. I was like, oh, well, we'll just see like how movies are handled. And uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be subtitled or dubbed. Uh, turns out it was dubbed. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to watch this. Uh, but the way that the dubbing worked was it's just one person who's reading tran- the translation of the dialogue in a flat, emotionless voice, like just <laughs> reading it as text. And the thing is, like the the first bit of dialogue in that movie is between uh, a teenage girl and her younger sister. And uh, the voice is obviously a man in his mid-30s. So <laughs> it was very jarring. And then Macaulay Culkin comes in. And this is, I think this might be like pre-Home Alone Macaulay Culkin. And his voice has been replaced with this 35-year-old Lithuanian man just saying his lines in Lithuanian. <laughs> and it's just like, this is losing a lot of effect here. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I just thought that that was a funny element uh, to wrap up the Lithuanian process for uh, a Saturday. That's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at EuroWhat.com and on Twitter and Instagram at EuroWhat. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and topics we should talk about in future episodes. Also, let us know if you think the U.S. should compete at Eurovision. Uh, Perhaps we are the only ones grumbling. I doubt that's the case. 
You can subscribe to the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist inspired by this episode. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 